0: He was fully man and he was fully God. That's Jesus Christ. Now we'll talk about that and more in just a moment. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembree. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, going through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. And we're doing that today. We're coming up on Revelation. Actually, we're in 1 John today, chapter four. And in five minutes, we'll talk about that. Right now, Ryan is here, Ryan.
1: All right, well, here's a question for us today. Can God be seen face-to-face or not? Some passages seem to be in contradiction on this issue.
0: All right, very good. That's interesting, Ryan, because if you, anyway, that, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Janice?
2: Today, knowing God.
0: All right, very good. And Jim is with us. Jim,
2: mm-hmm. how you doing? Well, I'm just loving this.
0: Okay. We're loving I, having you. Know, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm a little astonished that you do this every day.
0: We, we do, every yeah,
2: day. Every day. I mean, you must be workaholics.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe in need of deliverance. <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe so. Maybe. <laughs> well, let's get on with the program. We'll talk about this later. First John 4, 1 through
3: 11. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test God the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God." And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God." He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 1 John chapter
0: 4, verses 1 through 11. 1 John 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Before you react too much there, remember that these chapters are short. Now there are two major temptations we must avoid in order to keep our faith intact. To keep it from Becoming like the way of the world. One of those temptations is to love the world and its ways. Another is to listen to and follow false teachers and prophets. Now, John, the beloved disciple, writes three additional letters titled 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. John also wrote the gospel record of John and the book of Revelation. But in 1st John chapter 4, the apostle continues to warn against false teachers and their deceptions. John begins by saying the following, beloved, do not believe every spirit, spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. First John four, verse one. Now it's interesting to note that he calls these teachers or preachers a spirit. John is very aware that a false prophet is being directed by their own spirit, which is influenced by evil, evil spirits. That spirit is not the way of God. Now, it's important to pay attention. This world is full of evil spirits who attempt to communicate false doctrines and bad deeds to turn people away from the truth of God. That's fascinating. Take your Bible guide and turn to that passage. If you don't have a Bible guide, let me just ask you a question. Why not? You should get a hold of your Bible guide, especially now because we're coming up on the end of the year and Christmas is around the corner and uh, then the new year. And we're gonna go through the Bible again with all new material. So make sure you call or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. When you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, you can click on the Bible guide. It'll take you to a donate page and go from there. We're talking about false teachers. Father, help us today as we listen because we are in the television medium. We're in the internet and we're in all of the places where so many false teachers reside. We're gonna bring your word or your truth. We're gonna try to anyway. So help us Lord in Jesus name to do that. And we said together, amen. All right, let's take a look at this because this is 1 John chapter four, verse one. And it says this, beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. and By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So let's understand what John said here. Jesus Christ, fully man, fully God, came to earth, died on a cross and rose again in the flesh. The belief and the confession of the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ is key to knowing God. Did you understand that? Because in a recent survey, 64% of clergy in a specific denomination did not believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 64%. I'm not going to tell you what denomination that was or what study that was, but I'll tell you, you'd be shocked as I was. Beloved Jesus Christ rose in the flesh. And that's what we believe. That's what Paul said. That's what we understand. We need to realize that. That becomes important. Now let's go on to the passage, looking at verse four. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Did you understand what he said? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. We are of God. he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Fascinating. God's Holy Spirit is stronger than any other spirit. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us and teach us. We should not be afraid. Now, beloved, listen to me carefully. Because there's a lot of people preaching and a lot of people talking. But when you read the Bible, when you begin to read the word of God, begin to know it, what happens to us is the spirit of God comes alive inside of us. It's already there, but he becomes active and he teaches us. And you'll hear something and you'll go, wait a minute, that's something not right about that. And you'll know because the spirit of God inside you tells you that. Keep that in mind. That's very important. Next passage. From John, 1 John 4, 7, beloved, beloved of God, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. And in this, the love of God was manifest towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And that's exactly what John says. As we know God's love, as we know God's love revealed through Christ, Revealed through Christ and love one another, we are witnesses to the love of God. Acceptance, this is very important. Acceptance of sin is not the love of God. Acceptance of sin. Now, let me tell you something. We live in a world where people want you to accept them for who they are. And if you don't accept them, you're called this phobe and that phobe and everybody's a phobe. Well, that's not even real because a phobe means you're afraid. I'm not afraid of anybody. I mean, I'm afraid of a car. I don't run out in the middle of the 401 or Highway 75 or something. But I'm talking about being afraid of people because God is in us, beloved. We need to understand that our future belongs to him. And we need to realize that we're not afraid of people. So we need to understand that acceptance of sin is not the love of God. We can love the person. We do not have to accept their sin. And we don't have to celebrate their sin because that's who we are. Now, it becomes important for us to be able to express ourselves accordingly. And we don't express ourselves by coming against people and pounding on pulpits and everything else. But we just, we don't accept it. We don't celebrate. And beloved, that becomes very important today. We need to hear that. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would speak to the many people who are listening to me who have struggles in this area. Help us to hear you. We love our family members and we love our friends. but Lord, there are things that they're doing that are not right and we cannot participate with them or celebrate with them. But Father, help them in Jesus' name. And we said together, make it so, Lord. Amen.
1: Welcome back to the program. Today, we're going to be attempting to answer this question. Can God be seen face to face or not? Now, the main portion of scripture we're going to be looking at is Exodus chapter 33. But there are other passages that relate to this question, like 1 John chapter 4 verse 12, which we read today. Check it out.
4: Skeptics of the Bible believe the scriptures to be full of errors and contradictions. For example, they ask... Can God be seen face-to-face as Genesis 32.30 and Exodus 33.11 say, or not be seen face-to-face as Exodus 33.20, John 1.18, and 1 John 4.12 record? Genesis 32.30 says, So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face-to-face, and my life is preserved. Exodus 33.11 also states that the Lord spoke to Moses face-to-face, as a man speaks to his friend. However, in Exodus 33.20, God says, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And both John 1.18 and 1 John 4.12 record that no one has seen God at any time. Many critics point to this as one of the greatest contradictions in scripture, because it appears to break the law of non-contradiction. This law states that A cannot equal non-A. However, many forget the last part of this law, which states that A cannot equal non-A at the same time and in the same relationship. This is important because in the full context there is indeed a change of relationship. Often when there are two verses which are very close together in the Bible and seemingly in conflict, in this case Exodus 33:11 and Exodus 33:20, putting the passage into context will shed some light on the situation. Indeed, in context we can see that this is a conversation between the Lord and Moses in which Moses asks God in verse 18 if he will reveal himself to him in his glory. This changes the relationship. Moses has already been speaking to God face to face previously, but not in His full glory. God then tells Moses that no human can see the face of God in His glory and live. So God can be seen face to face, but not in His glory. We can see here that there is absolutely no contradiction.
1: So, we've seen that when we read Exodus chapter 33 in context, there's a change in the relationship between Moses and God. Moses had been speaking with God face to face already, but God was not in his full glory. Moses wanted to see it, but God told him that he would die. So yeah, God can be seen face to face by humans, just not in his full glory. As a matter of fact, thousands of humans saw God face to face in Jesus Christ, and I believe Moses was speaking to the pre-incarnate Christ. But if God had unveiled this glory to Moses, he would have definitely died instantaneously. What an amazing and loving God we serve. You know, God,
0: He knows us, and uh, if He revealed to us everything that uh, we wanted to know about Him, we would we wouldn't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. We would be that's it. We'd be dead because of His holiness and His greatness. And uh, I, I find that fascinating. Anyway, Janice.
3: Well, just you know, kind of sliding into my segment about that. Knowing God was what I titled this today because we're taking a look at uh, First John chapter 4, and it's talking about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error and being able to distinguish between the two of that. And the chapter before is talking about the imperative of love and the outworking of love and, and understanding that through God. The verse before chapter 4 starts, says this, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, in God, and He, God, in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. So when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we make Him the Lord of our life, that means that we give up our rights. Now, this is something that we have been hearing through Jim Cantillon, that our culture doesn't do well. We have a very much entitled uh, culture that we live in, things that we come to expect. And when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we give our lives over to Him. And it it really is a retooling of how we think and how we respond. And so today, I'm not gonna keep talking about that because I would like to give time to Jim to talk about that, but I think it's just very important for us to put into perspective when we give our hearts to the Lord this is a working relationship with a living God. This is something that we must invest in. As God's children, we need to be able to be pliable. Our hearts and our minds need to be pliable to the Word of God, not take it and try to make it fit into our own reality, but take our life and the way we think and allow God to move through His Word into our lives and to apply that in our everyday living.
0: So Jim, how do we do that? And and how are you doing that? And while missions, how is it showing us that?
3: A simple question. You know, hmm? I'm
2: not smart enough to answer that question. I really, I when I, when I think about it, I, I, I had an encounter with the Lord when I was five years of age. Um, maybe the most profound experience with God I've ever had. And that was the the turning point of my life at age five. Um, I'm going to reveal my age here, but that was 70 years ago. Um, You know, the Bible talks about growing from faith to faith. At five years of age, I could read. My mom taught me to read when I was three, so reading the Bible was not a problem for me. But I didn't have the uh, critical faculties to, uh, to reason through the Scripture. Uh, to rightly divide the word of truth, context, context, context—you know—and and do the study, the historical backgrounds, the cultural implications, uh, the authorship—you know—all of these things are so vital to biblical interpretation. I didn't have those those skill sets, nor did I have them for the next uh, fifteen years, till I got to uh, to college and started to study theology seriously. What I find interesting, though, as I look back—what I find interesting as I look back. Is that I was growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just by faithfulness. You know, faithfulness in um, the Hebrew language, emunah, uh, basically means uh, showing up for work. Mm. That's what it means, just showing up for work. You don't feel like it today, you don't want to today, but you do it today, you show up for work. Same thing with faithfulness. You, you you show up if you will for for the Lord. You you listen to His voice, and that by the way is ninety five percent of prayer is listening. In my view, I could do a whole thing on that right now. But um, you listen to Him by just reading His Word, by thoughtfully expressing yourself to the Lord, but then listening, not just during that prayer time, but throughout the course of the day. That's what praying without ceasing is. Anyway, through faithfulness, you're not aware of it, but you're growing in the grace and knowledge of your Lord. It's becoming, if you will, partner to that intuitive knowledge of God, which we all possess. You find yourself increasingly as life unfolds and life gets tougher. And we all know how life happens, that you have resources and you can't really determine where they came from. You just know you do. You've been indwelt by the spirit of Christ. He is strong in you and then you begin to get more serious about your study of the scripture, like, like this is what this program does. You know, you guys are all doing that. Uh, and you discover more and more that what you intuitively sense is affirmed and confirmed by the scripture, but the scripture takes you beyond your intuition, into history. You know, our faith as Christians is rooted in history. It's rooted in an empty tomb. If Christ be not risen, then our faith is in vain, the apostle mm-hmm. Paul said. You know, there's two tombs in Jerusalem. I don't care which is the one. All I know is I've been in both of them, spent hours in both of them, and all I know is that Jesus isn't there. We serve, as the old hymn says, we serve a risen Savior. Um, you, uh, You learn about resurrection. You learn about grace. You learn about forgiveness. You learn about being kind. You learn about backing off from being a judge of other people. Uh, you, you you learn, if you will, humility. And if there is one characteristic of godliness, it's humility. Humility means you, you're open to learn. You're open to admit that you've been wrong. You're open to say, okay, how can I be corrected here? That's what humility is. It has nothing to do with a slope shouldered, obsequious attitude. You can be really strong and really aggressive and humble at the same time. Uh, you learn to, 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 to recognize the, um, the wonder of Christ in other people. You know? And so in our work in Africa and in India with WOW, uh, I'm running into this all the time. I'm running into people who have a profound depth of faith, a profound uh, godliness, who are not educated, who've had nothing but stress from life, who at age 18 look like they're 48, who've not had the advantages of affluence or the entitlements of affluence, and they walk with God. And and, and they'd be the first to say, well, I don't know what you mean, pastor. I'm walking with God. I'm looking at them from my perspective. I'm saying, absolutely. In fact, I'd like to walk with you for a while and get to know this God that you know. And I'm not being facetious when I say that. I, I have known poverty in my life. When my dad was a pastor in my early years, he pastored very small churches with little or no income. I remember praying for food. I remember God answering those prayers. I remember praying for all kinds of things that today we would take as entitlements. But nevertheless, I have not known poverty and affliction like these people have. Now, let me show you a pic. See this pic here? That is an ox cart. Have we got it on the screen? There, there we go. That's an ox cart, okay? Now, what they're doing right now is some kids are hitching a ride and they're enjoying it, but it's for hire and it carries whatever people need to carry from one place to another. It's a delivery truck, okay? Many of our afflicted orphans and widows who cannot raise their heads from the blanket in which they're lying on the ground have to go to a clinic at least once a month because they're getting antiretroviral medication and the clinic is required by the Ministry of Health to give updates on their progress or their digress or whatever. And so they have to go 15 kilometers 20 kilometers to uh, a clinic how do they get there they either put them on a carrier over the back wheel of a bicycle if they have the strength to hang in there for 15 kilometers over bumpy ruts you know no roads or they get in one of these let's take a look at it again they get in one of these an ox cart can you imagine bumping your Mm -hmm. way on the flat uh, boards of that ox cart 15 kilometers when you're so sick you think you're going to die on the way and many do so just last month I can remember three people that we ministered to (laughs) that sounds so pompous they ministered to us really Um, who once a month have to get it they have to be placed in an ox cart, taking 15 kilometers and then 15 kilometers back
0: 30 kilometers total 30
2: kilometers total and they're aching with every bone and muscle in their body just as they're lying on the ground let alone in this thing um, you know, there's an, uh, an expression out of the Anglican Book of Prayer, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. So I prayed the prayer and I say, okay, Lord, I'll be your merciful hand extended. And it's not Kath and I that are doing this. We're just partnering with those on the ground who are doing it like champions that they are. Mm-hmm. And whether it's malawi or south africa or zimbabwe uh, zambia or uh, uh, india uh, the point is that there's all kinds of saints of god out there who themselves have nothing who are giving everything and by that i mean they're giving of the very spirit of god from their own mm-hmm. person to the person who's stricken they're dying by laying on a hand by lifting up in prayer anointing with oil and just praying that god's will will be accomplished in their lives and real quick And usually God's will is take them home, take them home, get them out of this suffering. Some survive, thank God. And I've pointed out before, we deal with a lot who survive, but ultimately we survive only because of Christ.
0: And it's important to remember, it's important to get a hold of that, wowmission.com, wowmission.com, go there and uh, support Jim. I want to remind you that uh, we have a prayer meeting on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 to 4.30 all the time, right across the world from Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. Very important that you hear that, and we update you on the things going on in the world, and we pray for those things, and we pray for your needs. Join us, won't you, and be prayed for. Father, I pray today that you would help us to be able to see the spiritual needs of all people, as well as be able to accept them for who they are.